I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. All right, my compelling storytellers, here is the deal for today's episode. We talk on the show about telling our stories better, right? That's what that's what the whole concept of the show is. That's the mission that we're trying to achieve. We talk about how to tell your story through text, through Instagram pictures, through videos, through films, through books, through all these different uh, mediums, media, if you will. What we don't talk about all the time, however, is how once you've created the thing, you've created the story, how to share that with the world, how to share your story on broadcast media. That means getting booked on TV shows, on talk shows, on podcasts, getting interviewed or written about in different uh, publications, right? Oftentimes, if you're anything like me, you know, you may not have the budget to promote something that you, that you have, a work of art, a story that you've created. In my world, it's often films. You may not have it in the budget to hire a professional publicist. So it's on us to understand things like media training, how to book media uh, appearances, how to perform once we are on those appearances, where to find the people, how to contact them. You know, what do we say? What do we not say, Right. This is an opportunity, and, and if we're going to work so hard at learning how to craft stories, we have to learn how to promote those stories. So along my journey, specifically in writing a book, which is coming out very soon, I will let you all know, uh, by soon, early 2021. So along my journey, I ran across uh, a publicist named Ashley Bernardi, and I think I heard her on, on a podcast and she works specifically with nonfiction, mostly, I'll say. She works specifically with 
mostly nonfiction writers and those that are thought leaders or quote unquote experts in their field. And I'm like, hey, this is exactly who I am and the type of book that I'm writing. So I reached out to her. I said, hey, I heard you on, I want to say it was Christina Nicholson's podcast, but I heard you on this podcast. I love the stuff that you had to say because she was just like, you know, not not beating around the bush. She was being very direct with like, hey, I don't, I, this, she says this line I still quote, uh, I don't do fire drills. What she means by that is people that come to her in the last second of their promotional campaign, if they even had one, and said, hey, I, I need help publicizing my book. She's like, great, when, uh, when, when's your publication date? They're like, next Thursday. She's like, mm-mm, I don't do fire drills, sorry. And so she talks about how you need to be planning this far in advance. And in that vein, I reached out to her and I said, hey, I love the stuff that you said and, you know, in the interest of being my own best advocate and own best publicist, I'm reaching out now just to, to learn a little bit about the process. Like if I'm going to self-publish and release my book in, you know, this month and month X, how far out do I need to start publicizing that and promoting that? And she said, well, look, let's, let's hop on a call so I can learn a little bit more about your project because obviously each project is different and how you approach it is different. So we hopped on the call and I loved her energy off the bat. She loved what I had to say and about the book that I was writing and the topic, um, you know, which is all about how to tell stories in six seconds and maximize your impact in minimal time. And she understood the audience. She understood, you know, who I was and what I was going for. And we just, you know, a connection was made. That's how this starts. And so, um, naively, and I think I told her this too, I thought that I would have this book done long, long time ago. Um, and 2020 happened that extended that, that timeline even more, but along that journey, Ashley and I became, you know, friends. We, we, we followed each other on social media. I'd reach out every now and then. She'd reach out and we'd, we'd chat about things. And I also, a lot of the people that I work with, and a lot of you listening, are people that are releasing things. And so I was, some of the lessons I learned from her social media and from that conversation and those conversations I had with her, I was uh, using to educate some of the people that I work with about small things that they can do to amplify their message, right. Or get booked for, uh, for shows. Currently I'm working with a friend of mine who I'm making a movie about finding Croatoan and he just released a book and it's doing really well. And he, you know, has no training and his public, uh, his publisher isn't helping that much. And so I've been trying to, to help him, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I was like, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity. Like let, let me get Ashley on the show because I think this is something that a lot of my people, a lot of the listeners are, are going through. You're, you're going to love her energy and her vibe, but more than that, you're going to love the information that she gives you so freely and so succinctly, like, you know, she lays it out and lays out this roadmap. Now it's not easy. So that's why she has a job and she's very good at what she does, but because she can tell you these things and it's, it's hard for people to implement because you have to do a lot of work. You can't just expect people to call you and be like, Hey, you know, somehow I heard that you have a book or you have a film coming out. I'd love to tell people about it. Like that's not going to happen that way, but it is achievable if you follow certain rules and best practices and guidelines. And in this episode where I talk with her, she lays out those guidelines and that kind of roadmap about these simple things that you can do to get booked on, on, on shows, podcasts, get written about it and featured in publications because, Hey, all those people are content creators too. Those podcast guests or podcast hosts are like me. They're looking for guests and I source and curate all my guests. But if somebody came along to me and said, Hey, I heard your podcast. Uh, here's my relevance and, and, and place in the storytelling world and my unique perspective and approach on it. Do you think I'd be a good guest on your show? I'm telling you, I, I basically just sold myself with that pitch right there. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to say yes, because one, they've made my job easier, but also they've shown me how they can fit into my platform, my show. So there's one little takeaway is you really got to, you know, empathize, which is our job as storytellers, right? Well, here's another opportunity. You empathize with the platform or the person or the show that you're pitching to, right? Well, what do they need? What do I have for them that's going to be unique and relevant to their audience? And then, and then you go after them. And then you just got to be diligent about like setting up a practice and just, you know, taking a swing at this show, this show, this show. So if this is you, 
if you have a book coming out, if you have a film that you're working on, if you have any project that you're going to drop. So many of my clients are are working on different campaigns, video campaigns, crowdfunding campaigns, or different things that they have going on that they need promotion with. And I help them with that to the best of my ability. But this is a person who has made a living you know, she was she was a journalist before, so she understands what they are looking for. But now she is a rock star, all star publicist, and she makes a living booking people on shows to amplify their message. If you need help, Ashley Bernardi is the one that's going to give it to you, and she gives you a good chunk of that help here in this episode. So here is my conversation with Ashley Bernardi. I hope you love it. Again, thank you. I'm excited to talk with you. I'm, I'm actually always excited to talk. I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk. I love seeing the stuff that you put out there and the way you you impact you know your followers, your audience, the people that you serve. So before we get started, or just to start us off for those listening, who do you serve and how do you serve them? Yeah, thank you so much. That's I love that question. Um, so I serve I, my my main like bread and butter are working with book authors. Um, but you'll also find that most book authors are also entrepreneurs. So I work with book authors, entrepreneurs, um, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, but also CEOs of smaller companies and um, and nonprofits as well. And I serve people in the you know lifestyle, business, health, wellness. I also work with academia, medical universities, um, their authors, and on getting their messages out to the world through media relations. And that means through TV, radio, print, online, and podcast placement. So getting their message told, helping them refine their message, first of all, because an average soundbite on TV is 14 seconds long. So how do you take a book author's 300-page book and get it down to that 14-second soundbite that in turn is relatable to the audience? So I teach that in my media and message training workshops, but then we implement it by getting folks placed on these awesome media outlets. I mean, anywhere from the Washington Post to the New York Times to the Today Show to Good Morning America, you name it. That's what we do. That's our that's our bread and butter. That's what we're really good at. Okay. I have a lot, a lot that I want to dive into here with, with some of the things that you've already touched on. But, you know, before we started rolling, we talked about how much we both love, you know, love what we do. And we're both energetic and yeah. passionate about it and can talk for hours about it. So when did, when did that develop for you? Like what, what, you know, was it when you were younger? When did you start realizing like that, that this was how you could impact the world? Yeah, I, it was when I was a kid. So um, when I was, I mean, I, God, some of my earliest memories are me taking my dad's video camera. Remember those like 1980 <laughs> huge ones? And he would actually let me play around with it. And I would produce my own newscast and my, I would make my sister be the camera person. And I would sit and produce my family newscast, probably starting at age seven or eight. So this started when I was a kid. And then um, in high school and college, I knew I had always known I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to be a journalist. That's I, crazy. I, it's just so weird. I just knew I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, and so I was on, you know, I anchored my high school's newscast. I was an editor for my college newspaper. Um, I, I got my internship at CBS News. Um, and from there, took a job at CBS News in New York City, where I spent four years traveling the world producing breaking news stories so i like i was behind the scenes you know as a producer but i also was like oh i want to i, I want to be on air like on camera too mm -hmm. so i also hosted a, a cooking show when i lived in new york too i love cooking that's another like side part of me um and so i got that on camera off camera experience and what i found was that i really liked off camera more um mm -hmm. even though i still do on camera a lot now i i prefer being the, behind the scenes um and producing and telling the story uh and just kind of finding out what what is that what's that pain point what's that audience really going to take to and that's my secret sauce so i i spent about a decade in production you know from cbs news and bloomberg and eventually the washington post and then I decided I wanted to just do this on my own, but I wanted to flip it. I was like, I'm getting pitched all the time by different publicists. I want to try this. Like, what is this like? You know, I've already, I feel like I've done everything I can. I've seen the world. I've produced all the crazy news stories. 
and I tried it um, after I think I had my first child and I started a small PR firm in DC and I was like, oh, this is it. I love this because I knew exactly what it took to get people on TV because I had the experience and TV and radio and print online. I thought like a journalist. And I think that's one of the differentiators between me and, you know, other folks is that like, I can teach you how to think like a journalist. If you listen, if you think like a journalist, you're more likely to get placed in the media because you have an understanding of how they work, how we, how we, the journalists work versus how you think. And it's very different. Absolutely. That's a, that's a perfect segue. Like what do, and I know that to be true. I talk with a lot of, a lot of journalists, a lot of people in the storytelling space come from a journalism background. Um, What are they looking for? Like what makes it easy? Because I understand that you need to kind of, you know, make it easy for them and easy. Yes. You package it in a certain way. So what are those things? What is that disconnect between how I want to talk about my story versus how they need to receive it so they can send it out to their people? Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts on this. Okay, so Let's the go. first thing is don't, like you're pitching yourself, do not make it seem like it is a commercial for you, right? So uh-huh. for me, Ashley Bernardi, I do, you know, I get people placed on TV, yay. You need to think about, this is what producers want. They're, why does my audience care? What can my audience learn from you? So you need to think about yourself as more of the expert that's able to offer some of your thought leadership to an audience rather than look at me and here's what I do. I'm Rain and I host a podcast, but Mm -hmm. you're a storytelling expert, right? So think about what type, like, so, and how can an audience connect to storytelling, right? So maybe the pitches, anyone can be a storyteller, especially during a time of the pandemic and COVID. And here's how to like channel your inner storyteller and why it's important to do so now. And here are my top five tips on how to do that, right? So they think how journalists or what they're looking for are actionable advice for their audience. What can we learn from? What are the major takeaways? Something else that let's say you want to get on TV The TV producers say, I don't want to just see a talking head on TV. What are you going to show me? What am I, what am I going to see? So as an example, I do a lot of TV episodes here in the DC region on just parenting. So I got, I give parenting advice. What else does the audience see? In addition to just me talking about, you know, parenting challenges and joys, they see photos of my kids. They see me interacting with my kids. They might see B-roll of uh, B-roll, which is background video. So TV producers in particular want to know that in addition to this talking head, as we call it, what are we going to see? What B-roll photos can support the segment that you're, that you're suggesting? Um, something else is that when you're pitching them, keep it really simple. Make it, you know, you don't want to have a three paragraph long pitch. It should be the who, what, and I talk about this all the time. Who, what, when, where, and why. I am a so-and-so expert. I'm an honesty expert. I'm a health expert, but, you know, be specific. I'm a storytelling expert. I'm available for interviews during, and then find a news peg. You have to find the news peg too. So journalists operate with a sense of urgency. That means that we're looking for, you know, like, uh, let's see, back to schools coming up. So back to school stories, mm-hmm. it, like the holidays, um, you have national holidays, you have um, awareness months, like September is national self-improvement month. So if you're a wellness coach or health expert, that's a great time for you to be out in the media for September's national self-improvement month to think about here's how I can offer tips to your audience on what they can do to improve their well-being during the pandemic. So you have to look for news stories, timeliness. Um, It can't be so much evergreen, if that makes sense. So what's happening in your industry right now, like with storytelling that, that is timed with the news cycle, that's buzzy, that's trendy, that hasn't been discussed yet. Um, They're also looking for that, that, you know, what's new, what's, what's next. Journalists are very forward thinking. When I was, you know, on the other side, I was always thinking like, okay, but what's the next story? What's next after we tell this one? So those are just some tips I could keep going, but I'll stop myself there. (laughs) So, so that last line, like, like they're always looking for what's the next thing. If I were wise in pitching myself, would I have that next thing in mind? Like, what I'm pitching, like knowing that they're looking for what what would logically come next. It seems like you could almost cheat the system by anticipating that. Is that fair to say? And basically make their job. Yes. Make their job as easy as possible. 
feed them the story ideas. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, like, you know, you might have covered this. Here's what's coming down the pipeline in terms of storytelling or in terms mm-hmm. of whatever. If you're a parenting expert, like, here's the trend that I'm seeing because I'm the expert. Here's the trend that I'm seeing in parenting during a pandemic right now. And mm-hmm. use that. Um, I just pitched a story idea today for that show that I'm on. Um, and it was like a one sentence line about how kids, I, I think how kids can get Zoom fatigue as much as adults can, but we don't realize that. I've got my kids in virtual camps right now. So you also think about like, what are the conversations going on in your community that would be of interest to a general audience? And also that goes to like, know who you're pitching. Like if you're pitching local TV or national TV, it's a, a general audience. Mm-hmm. If you're pitching, um, a Forbes, a Fortune, a Fast Company, that's a business entrepreneur audience. So it doesn't need to be as general, but like, what are people thinking about and interested in who are reading those types of sites? Likely business stories. So it's like storytelling as it relates in your business and why it's important to do it. And here are the top five ways that you can best tell your story to like stay apart from the competition right now in a competitive, you know, business market. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't just sure, sure. make that up, but yeah. So, so two part question, is this some, cause you're talking about hitting people up and capitalizing on, you call them news pegs. Is that like topical? News pegs, news hooks. Yep. Yep. News hooks, got it. Yeah. yeah so opportunity for timeliness. Yeah. Trending topics, holidays, yeah. things like that. Sure. So is it, is it better to, to reach out and, 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 you know, try to send your story or send, send your, uh, you know, what, what you're trying to publicize to press constantly or when there is a project, a certain project to promote, like a, a, my book coming yeah. out or something like that. Or yeah. is this something I should be seeking to do like every month, every week? Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So first of all, I, I, I encourage everyone to think about what their goals are. So like in the mm. same way where like you want to be out in the media, but you need to know why you want to be out in the media. What are you going to gain from that? So yeah, a lot of people have a book coming out. So they want to bring awareness to their book, to their brand, but other people don't have a book coming out and that's okay. They want to just bring brand awareness and credibility and thought leadership and visibility. But the first thing I would say is know your goal. I will turn down potential clients my way if they don't have a clear goal in mind, or if they're just like, well, I just want to be on TV because I feel like that's like the next best. That's a big red flag to me. I need to know why you want this so badly. Um, and, and I would say for, you know, for somebody who doesn't have a book, you want to build your brand awareness. You want to get people, you know, drive traffic to your website. Maybe you just want to become a thought leader in your, you know, like for me, it's like, I want to be one of the top media relations experts in the world. So like, that would be my goal. And my reason why I'd want to do more interviews on podcasts or TV shows or have op-eds in various publications. So that's the first thing. I would recommend. Yeah. And I imagine once you establish those goals and, and, and what you're trying to accomplish, then it helps you do your job better of, of determining where they fit best, or does it have to be broadcast TV? Would the podcast be better, et cetera, but establishing the goal first and kind of working backwards. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I start nerding out on the strategy of this. So, you know, like we, and I work with people say, okay, let's, let's work on your goals. Like, what do you see? Like, you know, five years from now, and we talk about business goals too, but how that, that media relations strategy can fit into it. So once you tell me your goals, I say, okay, so I actually think that you really should only be doing podcasts or you know what, if you're wanting to reach a general audience, let's get you on TV only. So I have folks who come to me and say, I really only want broadcast or they'll say, I, you know, I'm covered on broadcast. I don't want to do broadcast. I really just want to be on print online because I want to drive more people to my website and have them click on the link right there. So based on what your goals are, then I put a strategy in place. I will say often for, let's say folks like book authors, it's an all encompassing strategy. So sure. for it's like TV, radio, print online, everything that we can everything. get. But for folks that are trying to build their brand, it can be a little potpourri of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be like, maybe it's just podcast. Like right now for me, I really just do like, I love doing podcast because I get to talk about this and then I do a little bit of TV I'm not doing so many op-eds right now I'm not you like I'm, I'm being strategic about it and knowing where I want to be focusing my time and I think that's very important because most people who are going to be getting any sort of media are very very busy people as well yeah. so we don't have time all day long to just be doing all these media interviews even though we would love to and we know there's a great ROI on it so we need to be strategic about it and and so Second part of that question, like I like when you said you can kind of potpourri it and 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 
it doesn't necessarily have to be project based. Like if you want to be a thought leader, you can, you know, continuously be on, you know, different media uh, outlets. How do you, how do you juggle that? How, how do you make it simple so that you can dedicate time every week to seeking out these outlets, right? Because we also have our own businesses and our own families, three kids at home during a pandemic, you know, like, like, what's the, what are the simple steps so that I can keep pushing that, that, that envelope forward, you know, towards that effort and not just like frantically like this week, like, Oh my God, I need to, let me call Ashley. I got to get on TV. (laughs) You know? Yeah. 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 No, it's great. It's like not everybody has a PR team that can just pitch them for for how do we do that? Right. Oh, it's a great question. So one, um, you have to be willing to put in the time because it is, I mean, this is why people like me exist. It can be time intensive, but if you can say like, start by dedicating 30 minutes for three days a week to media outreach and how you do that is okay. First, let me just look up some news stories and, and see like what's being covered in my industry right now. Make a list. What are some topics that are being covered in your industry right now that you would love to speak to? Then make a list of the journalists that are covering those topics. Who's writing about, who's, who's covering, who's talking about topics of your expertise. Those are the folks that you want to target. Let's say also you have um, more of a general, like it's like a parenting health wellness. You might want to be targeting your local TV affiliates. So write them down. Like, are you watching like the ABC, NBC, Fox affiliates in your market? They love having local experts on. So make sure they're on your list. Then you write your pitch and it's the simple who, what, when, where, and why, and then just dedicate like 30 minutes a week to doing it. Now, I realize that that people are busy. So if you can't do it, train your VA to do it. If you have a VA, if you have an intern, that's what I recommend because most of the people that I do work with do have some sort of help. Train your help to be the one to pitch you. And, and these, these outlets, these, you know, whether it's a network or whatever, they're, they're not, not looking for content. Like they, they, you know, it's fairly easy. I, I know a lot of people when there's a, uh, I think I, I talked to you about uh, this person. There's a friend of mine, I'm making a film right now and he uh, just released a book and he did get published, but the publisher isn't really like carrying a lot of, a lot of weight. So like most things these days, like the marketing efforts are, are, are resting on his shoulders. And so I'm trying to help him when I can, but that's not, this is not my job and I'm doing, you know, have my own business, but you know, he, he was like, um, really not unsure of where to start and how to reach out to these places. But I've pitched stories before to, and they make it fairly easy. Like you can find the way to access them, right? There's not really a lot of gatekeepers to this, right? Aren't they, they're looking for content, right? They're a hundred percent. They're looking for content. And here's what I can tell you. What's this is good news for everyone who's listening that since the pandemic, everyone's like, Oh, like the news cycle's so crazy. I don't know if I can even get booked on TV. My team and I have booked more TV interviews now than ever before. And I'm going to use TV as an example. Um, they're, they're looking for new content. They're looking for expertise. Why? One, they have airtime to fill. They're looking for new stories. I can't, I mean, I, we have booked hundreds of TV interviews since wow. March of 2020. Um, secondly, TV, national and local, used to require you to be in studio as a guest before the pandemic. So that meant our clients used to have to travel to San Francisco or DC right. or LA or New York, these major media markets to get on these you know, top DMA designated market area shows. That has changed. Everyone takes Skype, Zoom, FaceTime interviews now. So one day you can be on TV in New York, the next day Chicago, the next day San Francisco. There's so much more opportunity now, particularly for TV, to get in not only smaller markets, but I would say national too, because they're also not taking in-studio guests pretty much anymore. They're all taking remote guests. This used to never happen. I used to never take remote interviews as a TV producer unless it was breaking news, unless there was like a horrible tragedy and I had to get boots on the ground, somebody who was on the site there. This has all changed and I don't think it's going to go back to the way that it used to be at least for a very long time. So therein lies your opportunity. That is such a great point. And I'm glad that, that we landed on that. And you're right. Like it, it may go back to some version of normal, but, but it's going to be, I imagine it'll be a hybrid, right? Where you don't have to be there in person because things, things are 
not things aren't ever going to be the same. You yep. know, I think everybody keeps wishing that like, oh, okay, maybe next month everything will just, the, the switch will cut back on. And it's like, no, it, we will get to some version of normalcy. But like, so I heard somebody the other day just say like the mask thing, I think will be like intermittent as, as we go forward. Like some people are wearing, some people won't, you know, like it won't be so crazy. And if you, if you travel before, uh, you know, people in other countries wore, wore masks frequently, but to, to Americans, it was something, you know, kind of, kind of strange or abnormal, but seeing that now, seeing someone in the airport, you know, in the spring of 2021, wearing a mask, we're not going to be like, what? That's weird. It's yeah, no way. Whereas like a year ago, it's like, whoa, weird, right? right. Calm even down. If, even <laughs> if the, exactly. Even if the rest of us have moved back, like it's not going to be strange. It'll be in some middle ground. I think that applies to, I agree to, with you. to what you're saying as well. Yeah. That's a great point when things happen like this, when things, when, when chaos erupts, there is opportunity somewhere. And yes, it's tragic what's happening, but life does continue for those of us who are fortunate enough to be healthy. And that's a great point to let people know that, that there is an opportunity here, especially with that, especially with national media. So that's, I'm really glad that we said that. So, so, okay. We, we book a spot. Let's say we do this. We follow Ashley's advice and we book a spot. And we get on, whether virtual, whether we're in person. What do we do then to make the most out of that appearance? How do we leave oh, a, a lasting effect? How do we get up there and not just say like, yeah, I got a book. It's called this. It's an Amazon, you know, or and like, how do we, because like you said, uh, I love the line you said at the beginning uh, about, what was it 14 second? 14 second soundbite. 14 yeah. second soundbite. So like soundbite if all you have is 14 seconds, how in the world do you make the most out of that appearance and leave an impact? Okay. That's such a great question. So this is what, this kind of goes into my media training where I teach people how to look, sound, feel their best on camera, especially in a virtual world, which is what we're in right now. So the first thing that you do always, if you're going to do, even if it's a podcast interview, a radio interview, if you're going to be on the phone with a, with a Washington Post reporter, you practice. You don't ever just go in and wing that interview, especially if it's a live TV interview. So what I do to prepare is I put together my talking points and I'll type them up. Some people like to write them, but you want to think about like, what are the three main points I want to get across in this interview? What is my main message? What is my why? So you have to think about what's my why for doing this interview? Do I want people to know about my book? Do I want people to know about my brand? Do I just want to be positioned as a thought leader in my expertise? What is your reason why? So then make sure that you focus on your message and practice by saying it out loud. So there's a couple of ways that I, that I tell people to do this. First, write down your anticipated questions that you think you're going to get asked. Practice by saying them out loud. Get your three main points across. Get your main message across. And we call this a message a simple communication statement. This is a comment about yourself, your message made without jargon so anybody can understand it, even a middle schooler. That's it. Comment made without jargon so anybody can understand it right? So that's your message. That's what you want to get across in that 14 second soundbite. And the other key is it's okay. Repetition is the key to retention. So it is okay to repeat your message. So I always tell my book authors that, yeah, get the title of your book in once, but Hey, twice, that's okay too. By saying something like, that's why I was so inspired to write blah, 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 the name of my book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another thing is keeping it positive. So you can communicate your message in a way that's negative or that's kind of low energy or one that you're really excited about like how i'm so excited to be talking about media relations right now people are more likely to find you relatable and enjoyable to listen to if you are passionate and enthusiastic about your subject matter so bump up that energy level even in an interview that might not be taped or broadcast even in that print online interview because the reporter is going to come across that the other thing i'll say is smile smile over the phone like smile on camera it's okay you want it you want this to be your best interview so you can take it and we'll talk about amplification in a second so there's i have several different ways That's i do good. workshops um so my my um one of my colleagues and I have been doing, ever since the pandemic hit, we have been doing workshops every month on teaching people how to look, sound, and communicate their message on camera in a virtual setting. So they're more likely to be remembered and heard. So we teach this, and those are just some of my like quick tidbits. Now, the second part of the question that you asked is, how do we amplify this, right? Like, how do we make the most of it? So once you get a TV interview or a podcast interview booked, and, and, and it's published, do you just sit on it and say, okay, yay, 
No, you shout it from the rooftops. You tell the world there's so many opportunities. So here's what I advise my clients to do. You don't just post about that opportunity on social media once because the same people, there's different people going to your social media page a week later. Yes. There's also, if it's a podcast interview or a broadcast interview, what an opportunity to turn that interview into content, get it transcribed, get your interview transcribed by Temi and turn that into a blog post on LinkedIn or put it up on your website or use that for future story ideas or pitches for the media. So there's so many things that you can do And second or like, well, second, third, fourth. The other thing that you can do is use that to leverage other opportunities. So yes, let's say yes. that you want to use that to leverage a speaking engagement or another media placement. So I'll tell you this, if you want to be on national TV, you can't just start from ground zero and say, I want to be on national TV. They're going to look for links for you in an interview setting. So you must get local TV placements first before you go on into national TV, unless it's breaking news. But if you have sort of like the business lifestyle angle and, or more of like an evergreen topic that most people do on, on, um, on national TV, you must be a regular guest somewhere on local TV so they can look at that link and decide if they want to have you on and that what they look for to make the most of it. And here's what I was looking for when I was a national TV producer. How did that person look on camera? How did they sound on camera? How enthusiastic were they? How clear was their message? Were they confusing? And I would even sometimes think like, oh, I have a, you know, like a, Ivy League professor that I'm interviewing for the show, but his energy is so low. I can't put him on TV. The audience is going to change the channel and I'm a producer. I care about ratings in my segment. So they're thinking a lot about, again, going back to the beginning of our discussion is like, you need to think about the way producers are thinking yeah. because if you are, you know, if you're not excited to share your message, if you have lower energy, if you're not clear, you're more, less likely to get booked anyway. Yeah, they got to take care of their job. I mean, if you come yeah. off, you know, weak or or low energy, like you said, and and people tune out as they will if that energy is not, and something compelling that you're saying is not keeping them there, that goes on the producer's shoulders. So yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and they'll be like, "Why didn't you screen that guest better, Ashley? We do not want him back. And also, we are not going to give you the 7:30 time slot anymore." So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it falls on them. You you have to also think about in addition to you looking good, like this producer is like keeping their fingers crossed that you're going to make them look good too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. So you, you, you said you mentioned something, which I think is totally relevant right now, where you were talking about your workshops for people, how to present yourself, uh, be camera ready in a virtual setting. How many people have now who have not used to being on camera or on stage and now found themselves where they're on camera quite a bit, everybody. <laughs> spoiler alert everybody yeah. so this this makes me think because a lot of the people that listen to this show a lot of people that i help are kind of in the beginning of their journeys stage stage zero or stage one and they're not used to to being on camera and whether they that's imposter syndrome in their mind or they just are haven't had the chance to to make a facebook live or an or instagram reels or anything like that but they've been thinking about it they've been being advised to do it but this is new for them. So whether it's Zoom or whether it's TikTok or whatever, you know, and this is a great question for you. I've also done a lot of on-camera and off-camera work and there's, you know, there's, there's skill sets for both. And a lot of people are doing that, especially if you're like a solopreneur, as they say, or someone, you know, someone who's the sole person in charge of your marketing for your own stuff or for the company or organization you work with for a beginner who isn't used to putting themselves out there, right? A lot of us are ready to go. Like if I put you anywhere, like you're good, you love, yeah. you know, you love doing what you do, but a lot of people are reluctant. You know, a lot of people have those voices in their head that are saying like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. I look bad. I don't know what I'm talking, whatever, whatever that voice may be. How do we help them get comfortable flipping the camera around? Oh, I love, okay, yes, awesome question. So I have several pieces of, of advice. Um, the first thing I will say to you is the, the one thing you need to do to get comfortable on camera is to address your fears. You need to get a pen and paper and write down your fears. And, and, and I have fears too. Like sometimes I'm like, what am I, am I gonna freeze up? You write down your fears and you acknowledge your fears and address your fears. So you know that as you're in your practice mode, you're eliminating your fears by maybe it's practicing. And here's some of people's fears. I'm going to be misquoted. I'm going to look silly. I'm going to freeze. And, 
in my media training sessions, we go over all of this. So you walk away being like, okay, now that I've like practiced and I have the knowledge, I've got this. So the first thing you need to do is write down your fears. The second thing you need to do is know that you are the one in control of that interview, not the interviewee, right? Or let's say you are filming a you know, video for social media. No one else is interviewing you. You're the one that's in control. Yeah. You can stop it at any time. You can stop the taping. Know that you're the one in control. And then the third thing I'll say is this is the most important. And this is the one that I drill down on in my workshops is practice, 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 not practicing by writing your script. Like, let's say if you're doing a script for um, social media, you don't write it and then say, okay, I've practiced, right? Because the way that we write and you're a storyteller, the way that we write and the way that we speak are two very different things. Totally. So write, right? So like when I write, I write in bullet points and I like kind of memorize my notes and then I go and then I tape what I'm going to say. So practicing is so key. What are ways that you can practice? Well, first of all, if you're, if you need to practice, um, let's say a video interview for zoom that you're going to be doing, get on your zoom account and practice to see how you look and sound and critique yourself because you need to make sure that your background has depth. You don't want to be doing it against the white wall. You want to make sure your lighting looks good. You want to make sure you have the right eye contact. You don't want to be in a swivel chair swiveling around. You need to make sure in the same way that you practice communicating your message, you're practicing making sure that your setting, your visual setting is not distracting, right? Not distracting to the viewer. So they're really listening to you. So I, that's something else that I teach as well. It's like getting your background, getting your lighting, getting your eye contact, your computer placement, your, you know, like whatever. There's, there's so many things. Um, so we talk about that a lot as well in my media training workshops. For people, this may be going away now with, with social media and, and, and access and access, you know, people are kind of taking charge of their own journeys, projects, et cetera. Uh, but traditionally, if you created something, book, album, whatever, it was it was kind of someone else's job to then take it to the masses and market it, right? Um, in the film world, we, we're seeing that even if you do get this distribution, uh, that's no longer the no longer the case. Uh, we mentioned my friend who wrote a book and who was traditionally published, but it's not getting you know as much any amplification it's gotten has been a hundred percent because of his efforts doing local media and he's trying to get bigger in this time that we're in now in 2020 what do you say to someone who who because some people just want to create their art and like that's their job right whether they're a painter a writer whatever they just they, they think that's their their role but you and i know that it doesn't stop there you know if you want to take it to, to someone else so for 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 those people who are reluctant to, to PR and, and marketing and do all this sort of thing, or they think that someone else should do it and their only job is to create the art, how, how, can, how can we help them like understand how to be their own like best advocate, right? Like that nobody is going to promote this and sell this like, like you will. Yeah, I love that question. Here's what I'll say to that. And I, I have worked with so many people like that and I, I myself have been one of those who has been reluctant to get my message out to the world. But what my message to, to your audience is you have a responsibility. You know you are the expert. And so by staying silent, how is anyone going to become enlightened or more um, or learn from you, right? Because essentially we are experts, therefore we are teachers. And so that's how I kind of overcame this in my own way of life is that, you know, I am an expert communicator and media relations expert, but if I don't talk about it, I'm not going to be able to teach it and change the world the way that I want it to. Right. Absolutely. So have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to use it. And something else that I, that I like to say is that, you know, if you're struggling of like, where do I start with my message? What do I do? I always say that your mess, is your masterpiece, your mess is your message, right? So like it, your struggle could be a part of your story. Oh, so absolutely. Start there, right? And so people, that, that's why when I do my like onboarding calls with my clients, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're an expert, but I wanna hear like, who are you really? Like, how can we get people relatable to you, right? And, and, and I think by, again, it goes back to that responsibility, like sharing your struggle is is a part of sharing your story which is something that is 
will resonate because people listen to stories. People learn from stories. So I teach that in media training too. It's like, let's extract everything because you have a responsibility to do it because people are going to learn from you. Absolutely. And people want, I mean, that makes you human. First of all, it makes yeah. you relatable. It makes someone want to root for you. That's what we learn in the storytelling is if, if I know that, you know, you struggled so hard to write this book and now you finally come, you know, come out with it. If the topic interests me, okay, I'm, I'm kind of hooked. But if I hear something like that, that makes me want to support you. Yes. You know, yeah. Ab- yeah. absolutely. Makes you relatable. Stories have outcomes. Stories are useful. You can learn something from them. And that's, that's really where the, the secret part of your messages anyway, too. What about to people who, it's not that they think that someone else should do it, but they just think that it's like talking about themselves will come off as like conceited or vain or just like totally into themselves. Yeah. So like, I love that question. Cause like, again, I've had to overcome this too, because you, you come to think that like, Oh, people are going to think I have such an ego if I like go and get myself out there. And that's not the case at all. Here's the thing. Bottom line, People are looking, people are reading and watching more media, consuming more media now than ever. We are looking for answers, explanations. We're looking for joy. We're looking for escape. We're looking for stories, right? So you have to think about it going back to, this is kind of your responsibility. Like you're an expert. Think of yourself as like you could, by doing one interview, inspire 10 people and and teach 10 people. It doesn't matter like if you're looking to get drive them to your website or not. I mean, whatever your goals are, but if you have reservations about that, think about those those 10 people that you could have impacted, but you didn't because you chose not to share your voice. Hmm. I love this. I mean, we keep coming back to this um this empathy. It's all empathy, which is what storytelling is. We keep coming back mm-hmm. to this thinking about what makes the producer's job easier, thinking about you know, the people who you're trying to help and, and the message you're trying, you know, the message you're trying to, to, to send, how you're trying to help them is the star of the show. You know, you didn't say it in these words, but earlier you were talking about, it. it's about, it's about the message that you as the expert are delivering and you, the expert are essentially just the vehicle, like the conduit to yeah. deliver that message yeah. to the people. Yeah. And that was the first thing you said about uh, how to get booked is basically like, how is this going to help the news station or the podcast listeners or the audience? Be of service. Be How of service. Can I be of service. And that's really what PR is. You are be- media relations is I am being of service. Um, and, and that's how I would love to encourage people to think about like I am being of service by serving my local news station with a story that's going to help their audience. I am a being of, of service to this news station's audience by teaching them whatever it is, um, you know, X, Y, Z, how to like manage stress during a pandemic. You are being of service. And I think if you lead with that mindset, you can overcome the, oh, it's my ego. It's this. I don't want people. It feels PR feels yucky. It actually feels really beautiful if you just change your mindset about it. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love it. I'm so, I got to say, I'm so, so excited and glad and proud of myself that I invited you on the show. Um, because I, I, I was thinking about, I was like, that's a really great angle for storytelling. And what I love about what I do is there's so many different ways to tell stories and connect with other humans through stories. It's not just marketing. It's not just community building. You know, it, it's, it's this sharing your story through, through, uh, you know, broadcast media, um, and a variety of other ways. And so when that little light bulb went off, I was like, I'm going to ask Ashley to be on here. I love <laughs> I'm, it. I'm so glad I did. Um, so are there ways that you have pivoted? You told us about the workshops that you've been offering, but what other ways have you had to pivot your business in the way you serve the people that you serve given the you know current situation that we're in? Like what's coming up next for you? What are you excited yeah. about you know, in the future? Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say that's such a fun question because um, I have used this pandemic time to really hone in on like my creative juices. So I, so one of the first things that I did was launch those workshops that we're holding once a month. And now we have, you know, organizations and companies hiring us to go in and teach their employees how to like run a zoom meeting because that's needed and it's not going anywhere. So that was one way. And it was just like a new offering that, that I developed. Um, I'm also working on an offering for folks that aren't quite ready for the done for you services to just bring out, hire a PR team. I'm working on a self-study course, which is going to launch later this fall about, okay, 
I'm going to teach you how to do what I do and you can do it yourself or have your VA watch it. And um, that's going to be more cost effective. And it's for folks that just don't have the budget to yet hire that big PR firm. Sure. But I'm also working on a book too. I like yeah, so many there things. it is. Um, so I, I'm, it, this is not a book that has anything to do with PR, but it's actually a book where I'm interviewing a lot of my old clients, their medical experts, their doctors on the front lines uh, about what their story is and their message to the world right now in the face of a pandemic. So it's, it's basically about pandemic thriving. I'm going to include some of my personal story of struggling with health issues a couple years ago. Um, but cause I keep going back to, wow, like what really helped me when I was going through this health issue was, you know, these, you know, self-care techniques and this, and, and changing my lifestyle and changing my diet. And so I'm compiling all of that into a book about the pandemic. And like my, my goal with that was I really wanted to give all of these amazing doctors, healers, a voice and a message to share their knowledge with the world in a time when it's very confusing, it's scary. Um, so I've gotten to start all these really fun interviews. And like, for me, it's like selfishly, like, oh my God, I'm learning so much yeah, right yeah. now. So that's, that's my, that's coming down the pipeline in a couple months. Uh, that's very exciting. And I think it's such a cool, unique perspective and angle to approach that. I think that's, uh, I don't want to throw around the term genius, but I think that that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, like what I know through storytelling is to, is to, you know, tell a macro story through a micro, you know, lens or picture. Right. And so that's a very unique lane that you're, that you're telling this bigger issue that we're all suffering from, but through this very specific lens. And I know that that's how to be really impactful and effective with your storytelling. So that I'm really excited about that. And I know that our listeners will be excited about the, uh, the course that you have coming up and it should yeah. work out perfectly because uh, this episode will come out probably in, in the perfect time to promote that. So Thank Great. you for, for telling us. Thank you for coming on. This has been like, you're such a joy. I always enjoy our interactions, but I'm really glad that we did this. Thanks, Rain. It was so fun. And, and I like, you know, we were talking, we could talk about this all day long and totally Absolutely. nerd out about on storytelling and stuff. So I'm just appreciative giving me the opportunity to share it with your listeners. Absolutely. Have a great day. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Thanks. Boom. All right. Boom. That was Thank so you. fun. It was fun. You are fun. And this is like zoom by. It's like two fifty. Um, I know. Wow. No, thank you again. Like you're, you're, you know, you, you live by the rules that you set too. And your energy level is just really nice and easy to match. So that made it. Thank made it you. Fun. Yeah. yeah, no, it's so fun. And when you publish this, we'll, you know, we'll make sure to promote it and I'll do all the things that I said. I'll probably turn it into a blog post. I'll, you know, I'll do all sorts of fun things. With yeah, it, so. do, do that. I mean, so, and, and we will, um, uh, I'll send you links and all that sort of stuff, but we always try to do, do a good job of tagging. So it's easy to share okay. if it's Instagram stories, you know, now they make just that button that you can share it. But um, uh, yeah, we'll send you all that and uh, that would be appreciated. But um, let's stay in touch. Um, yeah. I am still like on a personal note, I'm still, you know, cause we, connected initially because I think I'd heard you on another show, but about, about my book, which yeah. is still coming along. But, uh, you know, I was hoping for the beginning of this year and then the world flipped upside down. So I what I'm not so stressed about, because I'm one of the type I'm the type of person that like sometimes puts undue or unnecessary stress on myself or arbitrary deadlines, you know, yeah. like it has I to happen. Yes. And what I've learned so like if I had to rush this book out, because I naively thought, oh, I'd get it done in like three months last year. Didn't happen. But now I'm just like, just pause and relax because what I've learned since January of 2019 and August 2020 is, is profound. I mean, the amount of it and how it's impacted the book. So I'm like, it happens when it's supposed to happen, but, um, You're so smart. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because I will beat myself up about it, you know, about yeah, like you were no. trying to get this done and now, you know, but it's like, no, no, no. What I'm adding to it now that I've learned in just the past year, it would have been a to totally different book. It wouldn't have necessarily been bad, but it's so much better now. It's going to, and you know what, tell yourself, this is what I'm telling myself in the writing process. Cause I'm like you, where I'm like, I have the, I put like fake stress on me easy does it just easy does it it's all gonna like it, it'll all come into place and and you don't need to rush it and, and your book is going to be so much more valuable because you waited when it does come out can i ask you one uh, personal question or well not personal question but about my personal journey with that book yeah it's my first book i'm struggling with 
self-publishing versus writing a proposal and trying to get traditional publishing. My personal brand is growing, but it's still small. I have a niche audience. I have a loyal audience that's growing. My knee-jerk reaction was to self-publish and kind of take control of it myself. Um, But I've had some editors that I've been interviewing that are like, you know, I think it's good enough, timely and topical enough that you could at least try. Like even if you don't get traditionally published, you can always revert back to the self-publishing. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Is it so? I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> we don't have um, to open that can of worms, but you know, my thought, and I don't want this to be my ego or insecurity affecting it. But my thought was like, look, you know, right now you don't have like a name that would be recognizable. If you were published, it'd probably be by a smaller house, which you'd be doing most of the marketing work anyway. I may be wrong, you know what I mean? The answer is yes, you would be doing most of the marketing work if you are published by a smaller house. Um, so the self-publishing. Self-publishing gives you freedom and control, but yeah. it's like, you know, this is out of your pocket. This is your money that you're going to be spending into like what cost, right? Like it's just kind of a vanity project or, you, you know, like, cause here's what I, I will also tell you and I tell everybody this, like, you're not going to make money from selling books. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, it, you're, the money comes from like that book being your credibility builder. Um, but if you go with a public, like if you, or a publisher chooses you, you are, you might have to take that book in a different direction that might not feel authentic to you. So you have to think about that. Uh, it's no longer your book, really. It's the publisher's. Right. Um, and I have worked with authors who publish versus self-publish or self-publish with um, getting picked up later by a publisher and right. making edits to the book. So, I mean, it, you, it can't go wrong. Um, I, if you, if you like, my business partner is a literary agent and she offers um, consultations about writing proposals or like if you should publish versus self-publish. So she might be a good person to talk to about your book and kind of the direction that you're going with it. Would we be able to to do that? That would be. Yeah. A, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I'll, that, I'll connect you with her team. Her name's Lucinda. She's a dear, dear friend, but she's a business. Thank you. That's friend. super helpful. Actually. I appreciate that because yeah. I, I do think that it's very relevant and there is, and I obviously I feel like there's an audience for it uh, because this is what I do, but, and, and it was only when somebody said like, you, you know, you can take a swing and if it doesn't happen, you can always then go back to self-publishing because I hadn't thought about it. I would only thinking like, look, this is my book I, because of these things like control, et cetera. I always in, intended to self-publish. Um, but you know, everybody's got the dream of, of being traditionally published, which yeah. is still there, even though you don't need it, but, um, you don't need it. They do the work for you. I mean, there's definitely, there's, right. there's advantages and disadvantages to it. Um, you know, like you can, you might get an advance and you don't have to pay for, let's say the production of it, but then you lose control of the book. Right. And I feel like where I'm at, because mine, to your point about, you know, basically you're not going to make money over it. What's the goal? Like I've been, my personal brand and how I've been helping people has been growing because I'm out there speaking, I'm doing presentations, I'm doing workshops. And so it would be like a compliment to these things. It's not intended. I'm not, having some naive idea that I'm going to put it out there and sell a million copies. It's to continue to elevate my status as a thought leader in this space. Right. Yes, exactly. And that's, and I think for you where you are, that's like the next step that you should be taking. Um, because that book is going to lead to business opportunities to speaking engagements, to media mm-hmm. appearances. So you do it like you, you do it, but I think that you just need some further direction on the best way for you to do it, which is right. why Lucinda and I don't know. How, I want to say it's like three hundred dollars for a consultation, but it is worth the money. She's she's yeah, so yeah, good. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, sweet. Well, that would be super helpful. Thank you again. Yeah. I know you got to get back to your babies. Even good. I've had like no knocks at the door. So hopefully my, awesome. I, have a, I have a media training workshop coming up at 3.30. So I'm like, we'll see how it goes. I, I have a weekly show I do for a client on Facebook Live and I totally had my daughter bust in one time. <laughs> like, like what can you do? I mean, that's Nothing. Just a- you just have to embrace it. I put her in my lap yeah. and said, hey, BB, wait, wave to everybody. Yeah, um, well, listen, um, I will reach out when this is done, but whenever the world does flip right side back up and if we're in the area i would love to reach out and and maybe you know grab lunch or, or coffee that. or something so yeah and bring your whole family you guys can come and you know play on our land we can have coffee it'll be fun that sounds awesome we'll do it all right stay Thanks. healthy and stay free and i'll talk to you soon all right bye-bye bye my name is rain bennett thanks for listening if you enjoyed that episode do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast 
If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow, and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.